like it. But should I just not like it or should I just be tone deaf? This is the Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank R. Curry. And I'm starting right I'm out. You, you're not. You, yeah, you, like you don't even know who you are. No, I'm. I'm yeah, because you, you like, no, you asked the question. Frank R. Curie? I, I don't like, know. Like, no, I know. I know. No, you know what I'm talking about I, here. Don't even try to play stupid. You don't need to. You're better than that. Okay. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. We really have to do this again. We really have to do this again. For those that live under a rock or are frank, apparently. have an option. (laughs) But yes, anyway, for those that live under a rock or are frank (laughs) and don't know what I'm talking about or referencing here, of course, we have to unleash the Peterman again. For the love of God. Make it stop. The Bills, Bears, They have no Sunday. choice. That's the, that's they the have thing. no choice to unleash the Peterman, but they still have to unleash the Peterman. It's like all they can do. It's like the Kraken for Bills fans. Unleash the Peterman. Crap. <laughs> that's how it goes. That's how it is. That's what we're dealing with. And I already know how I feel about it. I'm sick of being angry about it, but I'm not tone deaf either. I should stop being angry about this team this year because they're bad. They are terrible. Their offense is so inept that the Sabres might be able to outscore them on a given Sunday, which, by the way, that theory gets put to the test again this weekend. They, Yeah, Sabres play on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And you got Nathan Peterman at the helm, which means the Sabres really do have a chance to make that sort of thing happen. (laughs) So let's see what happens there. I'm going to, you know what? Bet time. You ready for a bet time? Bet time? I will bet you one shiny quarter in my pocket. I don't have much. This is what radio pays you. That the Sabres outscore through the weekend the Buffalo Bills. Entire team. And that includes the defense. They play the Senators on Saturday. They play the Rangers on Sunday. And I take that. You're going to bat on the Bills. No. Oh. I, take, I take the Sabres. I'm not that. No, that was my idea. You can't take my idea. Well, I don't think the, Sa- I don't think the Bills are going to outscore the Sabres. <laughs> so then say no bet. Why? No bet then. No bet. Frank's, uh, Frank's on I'm my out. side here. I'm out. Which is terrible. Because that's how bad the Bills' offense is. That there's no betting action for the Bills because they're so bad. When I hosted the overtime show, Kyle and I, we just spiraled into this rambling of how bad the Bills' offense is. And I had an interesting comparison come up in my mind, Frank. Yeah. The Bills this year are the Sabres of last year. They're Didn't boring. Didn't I say that? Like, haven't I said that, though? I don't remember if you did. Yes. But they're boring. Yes. They can't put points up on the board. Yes. And they're dead by November. Yes. It may not have been said the same way, but, yeah, exactly. If you've said that, you've said a lot of things. I do say a lot of things. So let's not go ahead and think that I meant to steal that from you. I know. I don't. I'm not that clever. I believe. I know. And if I'm going to steal something from someone, it ain't going to be you. This is true. <laughs> but I know I, I know I've mentioned something like that before though. I know they are I, they're boring. Yeah. They are so boring. 
I what I mentioned was that the Bills and Sabres have swapped within the last year. Whereas the Sabres were bad and so bad that you went to the Bills for comfort. And now uh, the Bills are so bad that you go to the Sabres for comfort. I'm just using a direct correlation from last year's Sabres team to this year's Bills team, which is they're boring. They're tough to watch. You can't do it unless someone says, hey, you want to go to this game for free? Sure. And even then, I wouldn't go to a Bills game for free. See? How bad this And last year, the Sabres were the same way. Here's the thing. But then the difference is, at least last year's Sabres, I would still go for free. Well, that's because you're a hockey guy. That's true. But if you weren't a hockey guy, it would be the same thing. No, I'm not going to watch that team. Get out of here. Yet you were there for like a whole week. I'm saying it as like a generalization, not me personally. (laughs) Okay. And guess what happened that week with four games? They They scored scored three goals. Three goals, yeah. That was a regret. (laughs) I paid yep. more for parking that entire week than the Sabres put up offense. <laughs> you paid more for one ticket. I paid more for one ticket, yes. Which was $5, by the way. <laughs> and the other three were free. This Bills team, literally the same thing. Yeah. They are a hassle to watch on offense. Defense, it's cool watching them. Mm-hmm. It really is. But when the offense is out there, you might as well change the channel. You already know what it's going to be. You might as well go get your popcorn now. Go get your go get your beer. Go get yourself a you know, hot dog or something. If you're at home, like when bo- you're on when they're on offense and you're at the stadium, that's your time to go get concessions. If you're at home and you're watching the Bills and they're on offense, just go to the bathroom. Because the Bills are doing that already on the field, you Make should. A pizza. You at least, you at least could do it. In, do it in the solace of your own house. Go make a pizza. By the time you get out, the Bills have already been th- been through a three and out. Go make a pizza. Like get it started. Go back, watch the defense, and then go back and make your. Go continue making your pizza, and then by halftime, you should have a pizza. Yeah. In the oven. Go make a sandwich. Make By the time you get back from the sandwich, the Bills Make will be back sandwich. on defense. And you'll have a sandwich in hand to watch the defense. Yeah. That's how long it takes for the Bills to not have the football and commercials. But that's it. What are you missing? What are you missing? Maybe one play of the Bills on defense? And then on the days where the Bills' defense happens to be off? Go mow the lawn. Jump on a trampoline. Go live life. Don't let this team bog you down right now. And what's really going to be that much different from Nathan Peterman and Derek Anderson? Realistically. More interceptions. Okay, not inaccurate there, unlike Peterman. <laughs> well, Peterman's pretty accurate. Eh. He's pretty accurate at throwing it to the other team. Boo. <laughs> but realistically, when Derek Anderson was ready to make his first start, Joe and I had both said, we have to remember something. This is Derek Anderson. Yeah, We are not talking about a guy who has made multiple Pro Bowls, even in a Matt Castle, for example. We're not even talking about the same league as a Matt Castle. It's Derek Anderson. And what did he do? He went and proved out that, well, yeah, he's kind of just Derek Anderson, but rustier. He still makes wild throws. He still makes bad decisions, like the pick six with New England. Did he get forced out of the lineup? Absolutely. 
Is Peterman so bad that they turned to a guy who had been on the team for 10 days? Yes. But if you remember that defense, you knew he couldn't turn to him right away after that Houston game, the way that it was lost and the way that he played in the San Diego game. Oh, excuse me, quarter in the jar. Los Angeles game. Oh, there's that betting quarter gone. And there's the game against Baltimore. Yep. And there's the way it ended in Houston. Nathan Peterman is yet to finish a football game. And something said on One Bills Live earlier today was a great point, Frank. He needs to finish a football game. Why? Ask me why. Go ahead. Why does Nathan Peterman need to finish a football game? One for him. Two, Matt Barkley, who's been here for two days, <laughs> is your backup. <laughs> if he plays so badly that you go ahead and say, and eh, why not? Let's throw Barkley in there. Then you got a problem. He needs to finish this game. And if he becomes the third Bills quarterback hurt, well, then Matt Barkley's coming in. And at that point, maybe you go ahead and reflect on the season and go, yeah, Brandon Bean, you really should have done something about that offensive line that keeps getting your quarterbacks hurt. At some point, do we see Terrell Pryor or Logan Thomas at quarterback? You might. If there's another injury to a quarterback. Now that's a betting line I would take. If that, yeah, that's one of those get two. Yeah, one of those two plays quarterback for the Bills. Now, here's my biggest part. Nathan Peterman needs to be able to finish an NFL game for another reason. Nick Mullins. Who's Nick Mullins? Two days ago, I couldn't answer that for you. Two days ago, I gave you the wrong school that he played at. Two days ago, Nick Mullins was not verified on Twitter. Now, Nick Mullins, third-string quarterback, San Francisco 49ers, put a beat down on the Raiders, throwing three touchdowns. Nick Mullins in one game. Again, Nick Mullins. Who is Nick Mullins? I still don't really know. Nick Mullins in one game has as many touchdown passes as the Buffalo Bills in eight. Yeah. Yes, it was against the pathetic Oakland Raiders. And my God, they are pathetic. But does Nick Mullins really matter for Peter in terms of Peterman? For one reason, yes. And here's why. If something called Nick Mullins can get through an NFL game, let alone win it, and have no interceptions, I don't know how many excuses you can draw up for Nathan Peterman anymore. I really don't. Yeah, but you can easily call that more just like luck of the draw. I do get that, but an NFL quarterback needs to be able to finish a freaking oh, game. Oh, that's true. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's true. But I don't think Nick Mullins is a reason why Nathan Peterman should finish a game. Nathan Peterman, what you stated beforehand, yeah, absolutely. For himself, yeah. He need for even the littlest bit of confidence for him, yeah. He that's that's those are reasons why he needs to finish a game. The one chance he had to finish a game, he got knocked out of. And again, the Colts game last year. I know. Yeah. And he was playing relatively well in that game. What we don't know is, does he throw that crippling interception Joe Webb does? That could have set the Colts up to win the game. Yeah. Does he make that 30-yard 
pass to Deontay Thompson. Exactly. We don't know how the rest of that game plays out. We don't. No. And Nathan Peterman has done enough for me and to me as a Bills fan that I can officially question the one game that he had that was actually solid. That's how bad his game has been. Yep. That I have to go ahead and openly question, hey, what if he does play the rest of that game? Does it end that way? I still feel like the Bills still win that game, even if Peterman finishes the game. I think that's more probably the just... Colts were a tire fire. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. That's that's exactly and LeSean it. McCoy loves snow. Yeah, exactly. But again, it just it still resonates with me that a man could be this bad and have this many chances. Is this his final chance? I think he's past the final chance. He's only playing because they have no option. I'm talking about just as a roster spot in the NFL. Not even just a backup. No. A roster spot. QB3. Final. He's passed that final chance already. I think if he plays well, he can to get me, that back. His fi- to me, his last chance was the Baltimore game. And he blew that. I feel like that was more of a second chance, not a final chance. Uh, second chance for me was the Colts game. And he didn't do bad. He just got knocked out. I feel like the Baltimore game was the second chance. Houston, you took it and lit it on all, all on fire. Because I see, I say Baltimore was the last chance because he came out for Allen. Allen started the next week. At any points between after the Baltimore game and pre-Houston game, the Bills could have cut Peterman and signed Derek Anderson to be the backup. They could have done that and that's the Bills fault for not doing it and Peterman only played in the Houston game because Allen got hurt and Allen being injured is the only reason why Peterman still has a roster spot think about the alternate timeline on this as well say they do that and Allen gets hurt in that Houston game with Anderson as their backup not Peterman do you think they sign him and sign him back anyway because he knows the offense and McDermott loves the guy Probably. Probably. So guess what? We're back to Groundhog Day anyway. The only difference is in your happy alternate timeline, he doesn't lose the Houston game. Yep. Anderson probably does. He probably does. Or he just plays competently enough and we feel go our way against Houston. Maybe. Probably. Yeah. But again, this just shows the ineptitude of this season. And you should just be able to walk it off and say, okay, this season's done. What's the draft looking like? But it's so frustrating to watch. Wasn't this That you still to be, can have feelings. Wasn't this supposed to be like a hall pass kind of year anyway? Yeah, but the problem is, again, it's so painful to watch that I'm back to having feelings and anger about this. Right. Because. Like, even with how bad the, how bad it's been, like, I just, I don't care. Like, I don't care what happens. The biggest thing for me is just, it looks like a team that you can just ask, how are we doing here? Come on. Like, yeah. Like, any time, like, I just see the offense on the field, like, my stomach cringes, especially with when it's Nathan Peterman. I was, I was at my parents' house watching the Houston game, 
And as soon as Peterman came in, my I was nearly throwing up Everyone because here. of it. And at at the same time, I was nearly throwing up, not because of disgust because Peterman's in, but because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I laughed when Peterman threw that pick six. We all did too here. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. And I was, and I nearly threw up from laughing. I was kind of hoping you'd say something like, "I ate two day old mighty taco or something," or Ugh. I don't know. Ugh. <laughs> I don't know. I was thinking about something like I was expecting no. a curveball. I didn't get it. No, because I, <laughs> ate, I think I ate Panera for lunch that day. All right. Anyway, we need we need to stop talking about brand names. Uh, <laughs> but hey, the place is good. But Panera sent him free stuff. Uh, I no, my complain. biggest thing, though, is that everyone, like, for example, everyone here uh, that was working the broadcast, yeah, Nate Geary, Kyle Powell, Nick Lozanowski, and myself are out in the newsroom watching the game. Mm-hmm. And we all knew what was going to happen eventually. My sister had texted me saying, after the Peterman touchdown, she goes, is this guy for real? I'm like, no. No, he's not. As a matter of fact, be ready for him to crush your heart. I had, I was expecting that the same thing too after he threw the touchdown. I was and, like, and well, Nate I, I was reminded. Least... Nate reminded everyone in that newsroom. He said, "That was a nice throw, but we have to remember that at any point when he drops back, it can go six the other way." <laughs> and my eyes widened, and I'm just like, "He's right." I, I forgot that for a moment because I was happy that we actually took the lead on a team that, quite frankly, deserves to lose. Houston absolutely deserved to lose that game, and they didn't. Why? Because the pick sixer. And now, once again, we are left with no choice. Yep. And the amount... If this is the first time Peterman starts at home, by the way, that isn't that indie game. That game had different circumstances to it, mm-hmm. it did. because snow, snow, and Peterman had not cost a, cost the fans another two games yet at yep. that point. Yep. Nor through the interception in the postseason game. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't really put much stock into that because he came in late for an injured Tyrod Taylor. Jacksonville. He still couldn't also... hit the sideline. Oh yeah, absolutely. He still can't hit the freaking out route. Oh, absolutely, and uh, and that's what that pass was. Absolutely, you can't hit the freaking out route. But once though. again, I don't put much stock into it because what's I mean at that I mean that point at that point he had some redeeming quality because of the Colts game and then but he was also forced into a game that was almost over. And and for an injured Tyrod Taylor against the Jacksonville team that, that you really should have had that they that they should have that they realistically should have won, but is still what was still one of the best defenses in the league. You still should have had that game. They Jacksonville gave them every opportunity to win. Yeah, and that's not on Peterman. That's on Taylor. And that's yeah. Not, that's, and that's more on that's Tyrod. not a discussion discussion point yeah. we should be talking about. Yeah. But again, Peterman then not cost now had since then cost you the Baltimore game mm-hmm. and the Houston game. Yeah. And if you're like me, the plan to keep Josh Allen on the sidelines and learn. Yeah. 
Instead, you have to scramble, throw Allen out there before he's ready, and well, it's clearly been proven. How much of Peterman keeping Josh? You know that he played his way off and forced Allen in, but you can argue that management messed that up for him. They messed that up for him, yes. But again, they put their chips in a guy that should not have ever had that bet for him. Yeah. So McCarron should have still been here. Yes, that's yeah. the point that you're going at, and I understand that, and I respect that. But here's the thing that I'm looking at right now, and it's this. If Peterman starts chucking INTs, that fan base is going to turn on him real quick. As if they haven't already. But they've, they're have they sick of seeing it. They haven't seen it in person yet. They haven't seen it live in front of their faces. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. They have yet to see him implode like this. He has done, I did not think of that. That's no. a good point. He's only done this on the road. He's only done this he on the road. He has not done this at home. He's played, he has played. He's played meaning- half of football of meaning, he's, been, he's played one half of meaningful football in Buffalo. And it was in the snow. And it was in conditions that everyone could forgive. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They absolutely. That base will turn very quick on him if he throws just one interception. Wait. What are the chances that something gets thrown on the field? High. (laughs) Okay. Very high. Okay. Another, uh, Another Bildo? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Another Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Like I said, if he throws one, the fan base that has already been impatient with him will turn they are that gonna, quickly. They are going to boo him relentlessly. Yeah. Because okay. this hasn't been there at home yet. Yeah. He has played a half of meaningful football in three feet of snow. Which, by the way, half of the half the fans ain't showing up to that. Come on, yeah. Let's be real here. Yeah, you probably got any seat you wanted in the house that day because there's three feet of snow. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, the loyalty of Bills fans is undying. Mm-hmm. But if you're realistically thinking I'm not driving in this stuff, you're not driving in that stuff. Let alone I ain't sitting there for four hours in this stuff. I ain't sitting in that stuff. Mm-hmm. The only time I've ever sat for four hours in the snow in that stadium, there were two times. One wasn't even necessarily snow more so than just like crushing wind. That was the Green Bay game. That was a pleasant surprise. The other was the World Junior game at the stadium where there was ah. no wind. Just a lot of snow. Yep. But because there was no wind, it actually felt pleasant. Mm-hmm. That game, pff, forget that. I ain't going out there for that. And there are many sensible people like me. There are diehards, and credit to all of you that went to that game. Yeah. Because that ain't it, Chief. But it all comes back to this. Nathan Peterman has not imploded in front of the Bills fans before. And that's where your theory comes up. 
there might be something thrown on the field. Yeah. I don't encourage it, but there might be something thrown on the field. May happen. The Bears might be looking at just sitting Khalil Mack for reasons, because Bills. Well, he's still injured, too. He's still injured, but they can just sit him now. They can just be like, yeah, we're just going to take precaution. Yeah. Why not? It's the Bills' offense. Oh. Well, then there goes our uh, our pickums. Oh, yeah, that's right. We bet on that. Yeah. We bet on him with sacks. I mean, we're both, we both would have picked Chicago anyway, so it doesn't matter. Yes. But now knowing these new wrinkles, by the way. Still picking Chicago, no doubt. Mm-hmm. It just... I it, have a new pickups. Peterman, INTs. Oh, no. Well, it's your idea. Set the over-under. Over-under 2.5. We'll keep that. We had, we, you went over-under 2.5 sacks, so we'll keep, it, yeah. we'll keep it at least consistent. And I went under on that. You went under because you said he was going to have a forced fumble. Yes. I'm taking the over. I think he goes at two. I'm going to stick with the under here. Okay. I'm going to change it right now. Change the pick'em. It just it's going to hurt to watch this game. Mm-hmm. And it is what it is. What are you going to be able to do to change it? Nothing. It just, ugh. I'm not looking forward to this at all. But at the same time now, we could start looking at things that are more promising, like the draft. And Frank, I'll posit this question to you, of course, first. Is it about time we start getting some guests talking draft, looking up some of the positions that I we like want to look idea. at? I like the idea. All right, cool. We're halfway through the season. I'm throwing in the white flag. I mixed up the references. Throwing in the towel, waving the white flag. Mm-hmm. I mixed them both up pretty mm-hmm. good there. I'm surrendering. Yep. It's over. It's over. Throwing the damn towel. Yeah. He's. They're already dead. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. And yet somehow they're not the Raiders. Ooh. Yeah. That team is pathetic. They are pathetic. They traded Khalil Mack. They've traded Amari Cooper, which, by the way, good for you for getting a first Honestly, round good pick. for them for getting it. Yeah, really. Good Based for on what happened first. with the trade deadline, good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Third round. At least, for... that's one, at least that's one thing we can say Gruden got right. Yeah, sure. I'd rather just keep the guy. I'd rather keep him, too. But if you got get a first round pick for him, good for you. Mm-hmm. But they just they are rough, man. And that is going to be one of the last two years you're going to see them in Oakland. So Oakland fans get to watch that as their swan song. Get out of here. Hell we doing? That is just gross. Imagine that. Imagine that, that this year is one of the last two years that you get to watch the Bills before they move. And then it's this. That is the pain of Oakland. That is what Oakland gets to go through. We at least get to know that they're still here and we can watch them try to turn this around and not see them playing in Vegas doing it. Would it be hilarious if Vegas is just like, nah, man, 
No, nah, man, we, we like our good team. Like we, ha- we, have, we have a good team already. We have a good team. We don't need your trash. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is going to be, will those seats be half empty in Vegas? Because they suck. How much you want to bet that it becomes like the ch- a Chargers situation? And I'm not betting that. There's a chance. There's a chance it does. And it's I really, Vegas. I People like will the go chance, to Vegas. But I like the chance that it happens like that. I think yeah. it does be that situation. I'm not betting against it. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe it'll show the NFL. Maybe you shouldn't just relocate to the fan bases that you want to move teams to because – yeah. Just because there's more money to be made in the luxury suites. Mm-hmm. I have two teams in that situation in the same division. Yeah, it's true. All these problems are out west. Yeah. By the way, since we're talking about this, I read somewhere, I don't remember where it was, but I read something that proposed the Chargers – the Chargers should move to St. Louis. <laughs> St. Louis is probably just like done with the NFL. Yeah. They are done with them. They're yeah. like, get out of here. We don't even want a team. Like, yeah. There's like <laughs> everything with the Rams. Yeah. And the Cardinals before them. Mm-hmm. They're NFL's version. They're the NHL version of Atlanta for the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've moved a team out of there twice. At that point, as a city, you're just like, no. At this point, we don't want you. We don't want you here. I mean, how much do you really put that with the Rams, though? I don't care. You I lost, mean, because well, you've cause had two teams move on you. That's true. Well, that that's true. That's still that's very true. But I don't put I put more stock into it with the Cardinals than I would the Rams only reason is because the Rams were in LA for a long time for like what 50 years 40 years before they moved to St. Louis I don't care if I'm a member of that city like at least like the rant like the technically if you want to go technical speaking based on franchise history the Rams belong in LA yes but if you want to talk about taxpayer money but then but then St. Louis is now one of those big market cities that you've now Alienated. You've alienated. You can never go back to. You can never go back. They will not take you back. Yeah. That's what. That's what my point is. Oh yeah, yeah. That, I, no doubt about it. I don't. I don't really give a rat's ass about there being teams in L.A. I don't. Um, and clearly they don't seem to give a rat's ass about the Chargers being there. Yeah. Because wait a minute, weren't the Raiders the team that were there? Nice move there, idiots. Mm-hmm. I, oh man, I'm pretty sure the game that they played in London was the closest thing to a home game the Chargers had all year. Ooh. Yeah. I would just like to see whatever their next money-grabbing move is just to flop tremendously, and that means the Vegas Raiders. Ugh, Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders of Vegas? Still sounds weird. 
Are they going to keep the name and logo? Or are they going to change if it? If they change the team name of the freaking Raiders franchise, what are we doing? Yeah. Could that be that thing you were just mentioning? Well, that's Vegas. Jackals. It's a jackal. It's a jackal. It's a jackal. It's a jackal. How's that? <laughs> that just shows you how bad of an idea that is. Yeah. The Las Vegas Silver Knights. <laughs> well, you know what? The Las Vegas that... Silver and Black Knights. No, the Silver Knights make sense because they're always going to play second fiddle to the Golden Knights. Bam. That's how you get got. Yeah. Take that, Raiders. But again, that's what they – like. to think that that is the last thing that Oakland's going to get. Yeah, you feel bad for the Oakland fans. It's terrible for them. Yeah. Because now you lost your team again. Yeah. Probably more permanently. Permanently. And this is what you give me? You had a Super Bowl contender 15 months ago. Mm-hmm. Super Bowl contender. Legit. And this is what you give me? And then this you is not only John what Gruden happens. You a 10-year contract and yeah. he just rips apart the team? Mm-hmm. Limb by limb? Mm-hmm. And then you just get deliciously stuffed into a graveyard? By Nick Mullins. By Nick Mullins. <laughs> Your only win of the year is against Cleveland because Browns. And even that shouldn't have been a win. Mm-hmm. They got jobbed by the refs. If that doesn't happen, you're looking at a winless Raiders team that might not have a chance to win a game. And yet here I am worrying about the Bills and Nathan freaking Peterman. And yet it could be so much worse. Could be. But they are literally only one of two teams that it would feel worse about. Yeah. So, Derek, what is the other team you feel worse about? I think we know the answer. It's the Giants. (laughs) They suck. They do suck. Eli needs to be taken out back and just... Cut by the team. Just private. Nothing. Nobody hear of it. Nobody knows that he exists. Wipe his name off the records. Just so that everyone can just be okay with it and not be like, oh my God, you benched Eli. Robble, robble, robble. They're bad. He is terrible. He is the reason they are bad. Well, he and the offensive line there. But you have Barkley. You have. You have Odell Beckham. You have. Sterling Shepard. You have Evan Ingram. You have skill position players that, as a Bills fan, I am downright jealous. You want to trade? Want to swap? We'll give you Peterman. Frank's choking on water. Eli for Peterman, who says no? Me. Yeah. I think the Giants would rather. Joe definitely says no. Yeah, I think the Giants would rather keep the, the Kyle Lalletta, who just got arrested, than Nathan Peterman. Speaking of people that got arrested, I didn't get a chance to smoke this dude. Go ahead. 
Despite every problem that Nathan Peterman has, at least we don't have Chad Kelly. And yeah, I'm saying that, and I'm sticking to it, because at least Nathan Peterman is available to be on a freaking football field instead of getting arrested. What kind of idiot goes ahead and gets himself, they say alcohol is not in his system. That means one of two things. One, there's a cover-up. Two, it's something worse that the NFL tends to suspend players for. Because no man, no sober man in his right mind, walks into someone else's house, sits down, and gets beaten by a vacuum cleaner tube. By the way, that's your weapon of choice? Really? You go with a vacuum cleaner tube? (laughs) There's so many better options. (laughs) He's like, what's the first thing I can find this? I'm using it. Whack. (laughs) Vacuum cleaner tube. But everyone's like, well, Chad Kelly, if he comes here, then Jim Cal- then Jim will watch him and everything like that. Yeah, that didn't really work the first time around when he was here originally. Jim Kelly probably tried to keep his head straight. And it didn't work. And that's what some people are. Idiots. And that's what Chad Kelly is. An idiot. And is he good enough to really go ahead and Warrant another chance? No. He's okay. He's probably a Nick Mullins, talent-wise, in the NFL. But if Nick Mullins, for example, were to get arrested for just walking into someone else's house, I'm pretty sure he'd be gone, too. So there you go. There's that. I wanted to make fun of Chad Kelly. Okay. Now, though, I would like to talk about something that still somehow made me feel better despite the fact they actually lost in regulation for the first time in six games. Yeah, Sabres. That was a rough one. It was a weird weird game because Hutton had some goals bouncing off of people and, like, it's just. Like, that second goal was just pure bad luck. That second goal was weird. It was weird. That's just pure bad luck. Yeah. But. If you're the Sabres, A, stop taking penalties so early in the damn game. B, don't fall behind 3 nothing. Yeah. And that's how you go ahead and not get a point. You stole a point from Colum- in the Columbus game. Yeah. But you gave one back. In the Calgary game. In the Calgary game. To be fair, though, that was a really poor officiated game. I don't care. I understand. I'm not giving excuses to the Sabres for it. They got outplayed in that game. They did. It also didn't help that they that they took penalties that were that a lot really one shouldn't have been called and two Calgary should have taken more penalties than what what they actually got. I'm the not refs didn't miss wrong. a lot. Reps did miss a lot of calls in that game. There even some were questioning, you know, some offside plays, two couple icings where it's like an icing was called when it shouldn't have been, or icing wasn't called when it should have been. But either way, Sabres had a chance to win, and then they blew it. As a matter of fact, your first goal allowed was a double deflection. Yeah. With less than a minute. With less 59 than a minute. minutes in. Yeah. However, my biggest thing will always remain this, Frank. When you get outplayed, you get outplayed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
yeah. and you take that L. Yeah. Because that's what happened to you. You didn't deserve to win that game. Yeah. But you could have. Yeah. The only line that was doing anything worth mentioning was the first line. Mm-hmm. The only thing that any – the only other thing you could take away from it was Carter Hutton. This wasn't the Ottawa game where they were the better team and they didn't get the win. This was a game where you just – like that was a game that was just, just a disappointment. You stumbled out the gate and you couldn't recover. You stumbled out the gate and then you didn't you do gave anything it, about it. You gave it. it an effort, a big effort in the last seconds, but it just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to make up for the stumble. No, it wasn't. They dug themselves in a hole and they just they just couldn't get out. Yeah. That just that just that just shows they gotta they gotta start start games better. As the game goes along, you're seeing them dominate. And we've seen this multiple times this year. We saw it overall in that Montreal game, they dominated, but as the game went along, they were just outclassing the Canadians. Anaheim, they just didn't get any goals right away. But they yeah. were down to nothing, but they knew that they could win that game. Columbus, they had that horrible second period, but the really good in the third. Ottawa, you almost came back. You put up 48 shots in that game. Yeah. But a poor start got you done in. So, overall, you, they just got to – it really feels like that a lot – the players who end up making the mistakes are the ones who are trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And it just and there seems there seems to be this just high awareness to try to do do something right away, and then it ends up costing them. Yeah, it's I think they're I think that I think the team coming out when the game starts through the first ten minutes of the period, just calm, just be calm. Don't try to do too much. Don't try to do too little. Just go out there and do what you're supposed to do. Don't try to be the superstar. Exactly. And there are still some guys like that. And there's a lot that's been noticeable with Casey Middlestat's game, for example. Yeah. um, That you like. And the fact that he's just not producing at this point, you just got to wonder. Right? Like, dude, snake bitten at this point. What the heck's going on? Mm Mm-hmm. But at the same time, then you see there are opportunities where he does try to do too much. And that's something that a kid's going to learn the hard way. And that's okay. But remember, even with Case, even with Middlestead doing that, effectively he's not costing them. He's not costing the team. He hasn't take has he even taken a penalty? Maybe one this year? That the penalties they've been taking, by the way, just move your dang feet. Skate a little more. Because they've been the slashing, the holding, the penalties you don't need to be taking. Those kinds of penalties. That's what they've been doing. Yeah. Don't take those. You know what you're doing. Play high. Come on. And it's just, it was just really that. Like, it looked almost like the first period of that game against Ottawa was an extension of the Calgary game where you weren't moving your damn feet. I never blame the officials guy. I'm not. And yes, they were a little wonky in Calgary in the Calgary game. But that was not the reason they lost that game. No, it wasn't. Bury your chances when you got them, for example. In overtime, you had two really good ones. 
get them by. Eichel rips wide, and then you had Sherry on a backdoor. In Ottawa, you had the same thing. But again, it just looks like one of these things where if you have the chance to win the game, win the, win the game. Figure it out. Lock yeah. it down. Figure out what you got to do. The Sabres, though, are looking like a team, despite losing games, Calgary side, where they're still entertaining. That Ottawa game, you knew they weren't out of it. It's Ottawa. Mm-hmm. What do they do? Put everything in the kitchen sink into the third period. Yeah. And yeah, and they almost win it in the third period alone. Wow. I mean, you could go into each game knowing that they have a chance to win now. Because they have talent to do it. Yeah, exactly. However, at this point, you need to call for something. And this is the truth. It's resonating, and it's got a resemblance of one similarity from last year's team right now in our last couple of games. For the love of God, can we get some scoring that's not on the Eichel line? Yeah. Needs to be some more depth scoring. I do agree. Because think about it. The last three goals, Jack Eichel has had a direct role in. Yeah. Eichel scores on the turnover, Palmanville to Eichel. Eichel takes a shot. It's deflected by Palmanville. Power play. Eichel gets it up to Ristolainen, who shoots it, and Skinner tips it in. The similarity here is the last three goals are Eichel, Palmanville, Skinner. Mm-hmm. The first line. Yep. Get me something, everyone else. What has happened to Connor Sherry? He has not been on Jack Eichel's line and has disappeared. What's happening with Sam Reinhardt? He's kind of just been meh. Kyle Oposo has been showing up. But over the last two games, he's not producing. And that's Middle not going to happen been, for him. just been snake-bitten all year. Middle, spat, middle stat's just been snake-bitten and just can't put the puck in the net. Yeah. Thompson's in out of the lineup. Sabotka is Sabotka. You're not really going to get anything great out of him. But I would like to at least see a goal. If you're rocking my top six at some points, give me a goal, Sabotka. I wonder if we'll see some uh, not only line changes. Like I, I did see that on Twitter from Paul Hamilton that Rodriguez is in for Remy Alley. Okay. Rodriguez is a guy that I can trust more. Yeah. So that would put him on him with middle stat. Good. And a pulse, I believe. And that line's been okay. Yeah. I wonder if at some point, say, Bottrell does turn to Rochester. At some point, you got to realize something with Tage Thompson. He's not. If he's not getting minutes here, what are we doing? You, you got to. If, yeah, if he's not going to get the minutes here, you got if even Bottrell healthy, knows. Even Bottrell knows he's got to go to Rochester. If he's being healthy, scratched more than not. Yeah, get him playing some minutes some somewhere else in Rochester. Because if he's not getting any minutes here, that's just not fair. Mm-hmm. It's not good for him, and it's not good for you. Yeah. In that Columbus game, for example, Tage Thompson makes a beautiful assist mm-hmm. of a pass to Kyle Poso. 
He did not play well, nor did anyone in that Calgary game. He was one of those out. He had a, he had like one or two moments. Yeah. That was about it. But that was it. He had a solid shift in the third period. Yeah. Really solid shift in the third period. Mm-hmm. But that was it. But if you're scratching youth, well, you're just doing whatever every dolt of a head coach does. Yeah. Get him out. Just bring someone else up. Bring someone else up. Who then. deserves if that. If you don't seem to believe in this guy right now, let him get some confidence back. Yeah. Let him get your confidence back. In You've him. got guys who are earning, who have earned the right to at least be called up now. Mm-hmm. In You've got a lot of them. Yeah. So it's interesting to see what happens there. But watching the Sabres and watching the Bills, it's almost like there's two different feelings. Oh, yeah. from And again, it's flip-flop from last year. Yes, I still get angry about watching the Bills, but that's just because of the fact that they are so painful to watch. But the Sabres, I can legitimately get mad at them for losing a game that they should have won. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they might be good. 3-1-2 and two in their last six. It's solid. It's solid, but now you've lived, now technically, though, you've lost three straight. Get it together. Figure yeah. it out. Yeah. I think the fact that you can look at games and just think, yeah, they should have won that game. Ready? Or they had a chance. You go ahead and look at these, this next one. Where's got that? Ottawa. You've got the Rangers. Guess what? You better beat the freaking you Rangers. Win. You, can win. you should win those games. By the way, Craig Anderson starting again tomorrow. Perfect. You've got him. Revenge. Revenge. Get him. Dude turned away 46 shots last time. You going to make him do that again? Well, make him try to do it again. Go for it. See how well it goes this time. But you got to play well. You got to play well. And the Sabres overall have played well throughout this season. Yep. Let's see what happens with this team. And we're still we just getting we, in it. Yeah. This we're not even a quarter of the way of the season out. Oh. This is something that we expected. We should have expected. They're going to be an up-and-down team all year. That's what happens when you have all the, a lot of youth. And you're coming off that kind of year with the first overall pick. And you're, you're trying to groom a guy who is expected to be one of the who, – whose ceiling is one of the best players in the league. Yep. And you're trying to ease him into that role. Because doing that, I will say there is a little bit of too much tentative use with Darlene. For example, um, that overtime against Calgary. Why not put him out there first? Well, I think with that, I think he was just out there like the shift prior. So I don't remember who was out there when the game was like in the last minute. Obviously, with Calgary scoring and then after that. But I think he was out there, if I recall. Because it, it would have – so my guess, if that was the case, my guess would have been – You could actually look at the plus-minus from that game and find out. Because you know who was on the ice for the overtime goal? Eichel was. Yeah. If you go ahead and you find out who else had a minus on that game, because Eichel doesn't have a minus in that game, he yeah. scored an even-strength goal. Yep. So you can look at the plus minus, and you can very quickly find out who was the group that was out there for that one. Very quickly. I'm going to look at that right now. But my thing is this. He can play it. 
You want him out there. Get him out there for it. Why? Dude proved he should have been out there because he puts a beautiful pass to Sherry. That should have gone in. Don't be scared to use the kid. So the three players that were out there in overtime? Eichel, Ristolainen. Reinhardt. Reinhardt. Yeah. Yep. Because the fourth line was out there when the when Calgary tied the game, along with Ristolainen and Scandella, because Ristol was a minus two. Oh, but you put Ristol right back out there for it after they just scored? Right, they scored, and then there was that 55 seconds left yeah, in the game. I'm just saying that. I know. I think in that per I think in that purpose it was more because Darlene was just out there. And then Darlene and gets a put, mini shift on the power play, right? And then it goes back to there. three on three and, and then, then Ristolainen's back out there again. You're overusing him. That and that's exactly where I where I'm going at with the easing Darlene. They're trying to we know that they're trying to ease What's Darlene. his ice time at per game right now? Ristos? Darlene. It's very up and down. Like sometimes. Well, seeing, what's his average ice time per game? I got. I got. Let me get. Let me get to him. Because that's something we need to look into at this point. Is how much is he being used? And are we looking at like eighteen minutes a game for him? Uh, looks about on average around eighteen. Yeah. Okay. Like the Calgary game, he played twenty. Well, with overtime. Yeah, and with overtime being the case too. But in the Ottawa game, he only played 17 and a half. Columbus game, he played 18. I feel like the only more egregious misuse of Darlene so far has been uh, when Sweden decided not to use him at all in the Olympics. Yeah. The most time on ice he had in a game was actually the Boston game. He played 22. Yeah, I just... Look, this is... I know I'm being impatient with him, but the guy is smooth at everything he does. Yeah. Why can't and we get more smoothness out there? Let's be smooth. And that's the thing. They're tr- I know they're trying to ease him into the, the top defenseman role. I understand. Best way to do that is be a second pair of defenseman. And it comes at a, but and then but doing that also comes at a price. That means they still have to play risk the line in a lot. I know. And they gotta play whoever is with risk the line in. A lot with him. And so far that's been... A rotation. Of McCabe and Scandella. And Darlene did play that one game where he started where he was with Risto. Calgary. The Calgary game. 20 minutes. But then, but it wasn't the full game. Yep. Because at some point, they put Risto with Scandella. Yep. Darlene was with uh, Bogosian. And what was Darlene doing wrong in that game? I didn't really see anything. No. As a matter of fact, I am never more confident... Of a breakout happening and getting into the zone when either Jack Eichel or Rasmus Dahlin has the puck. Yeah. Like When either of them have the puck, I'm like, okay, puck's getting in the zone. Yeah. It's almost a foregone conclusion. That's how good they are. Quite frankly, it's awesome. And they got some – yeah. And they got some point they're going to have – they got to just put Dahlin with a guy and stick them there. Leave them together. Yep. I thought that was going to happen with him and McCabe. But then Scandella just came undone. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be fun. You know Allmark's getting one of these two games, by the way. Mm-hmm. Not that Hutton's been bad. 
by any stretch back of the imagination. Back to back. But a back to backer, you're going to see Allmark and see if he can bounce back from Columbus. Oh, it's a long sh- season. I, I would expect the Rangers game. It's a long season, but let's see what happens here. They might put him in at home. I don't know. Because Hutton had just played Tuesday. He just played Thursday. Maybe they give him Saturday off and then have him ready for Sunday. Some tells me they go hot they go Hutton against Ottawa just because he's yeah. been just because these last couple of games he has been good. Yes. But I could suspect that they'll have him ready just for the Rangers game to just have it there. Of course there's nothing really in stakes for it. I mean, one's getting one game, one's getting the other. They're both winnable the games yeah. against opponents that are not very good. Come on, Sabres, get three or four out of this weekend. Why not? Let's do it. Especially with the Bills playing against the Bears, we need it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening to Leftovers Podcast. Derek Kramer. Frank Curry. And you know you're listening to it on demand here on WGR550.com or via the radio.com app. Dude, let's see what happens here. Sabres, two games. Bills have this Sunday. What happens here? Can one team make me feel better about the other? And generally that means, can the Sabres make me feel better about the Bills? Let's find out. Hopefully the Sabres can get at least three points out of these next two games. Hopefully the Bills can get three points in this game. (laughs) Unleash the Peterman. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. See T-Mobile.com.